Tell me a story, Baba. What story, my son? About Okoye in the Dora Milaje. Welcome back to Once Upon a Time in Wakanda. I'm Tyler. I'm Bo. I'm Aaron. We're here today to talk about the Dora Milaje, the adored ones of Wakanda. And let me just tell you all this, man. If there's one group I was most looking forward to seeing on the big screen, there are a lot of people I want to see in comic book lore. But if there's one group I'm most looking forward to, it is definitely Vidora Milaje because they are so unique. The way that they've been introduced and kind of the mythology behind them is so rich and it has connections to real life history in Africa as well. That Vidora Milaje were, were some of my most anticipated, really the most anticipated part of Black Panther outside of Wakanda for me. Would y'all oh, agree? It's a bold statement. It's a bold statement. Yes. I mean, I don't really think there was anything else. I was, I've already seen T'Challa. Uh, I haven't. I haven't see, seen. We the have. Milaje. Yes. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. Because mm-hmm. of course exactly. they do show up in uh, in uh, uh, Civil War. Yeah, but they they didn't not in garb. Like she was just not in garb. But she was just move or you will be moved. That's a so, powerful Scar-Jo. line, especially in the way that it was delivered and at that moment. Because it was very. It was it was Wakanda being there without them being in Wakanda. That look that that T'Challa kind of gives her and looks at Black Widow like. This would be interesting. <laughs> so you saw that. You, obviously, yeah. Aaron, your introduction to Black Panther was Civil War, uh, late yes. pass to you, CP time. And you, so you saw that scene with one of the Dora Milaje. I believe that's Okoye, but they hadn't actually, they hadn't cast her in the full role. But it might be, it might be A.O., um, or Io. So I'm 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 not exactly sure which one it is, but she walks up to Black Widow, says, "Move or you will be moved." What's yeah. your perception of of the Dora Milaje based upon that scene? Okay, so being the Wakanda neophyte that I am, <laughs> the resident <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Wakanda neophyte. Hey, man, I gotta admit, totally went over my head, man. Yeah, yeah, totally went over my head. I missed mm. it. You just thought she was cool. You yeah, I, I missed it. I okay. really did. I did not put two and two together. Totally mm. went over my head. Wow. If you think about it, it's such a countercultural idea to have a woman as the king's guard, the bodyguard, mm. right? And so having this beautiful African woman standing in a dress <laughs> in front of Black Widow and all her gear and what we know she's capable of. And T'Challa dignifying the fact that if she wanted to, yeah, you would be moved. Yeah, <laughs> that's a powerful statement for the first introduction of the Dora Milaje yeah. on on screen. And and Bo, you know the Dora Milaje, you know some of the backstory. Were you excited by that? You were like, yes, I'm I'm ready for this. I'm ready to see them in full garb. Or or was it kind of just secondary to the overall Civil War point? No, I mean, I, I think it adds to the vast tapestry that is Wakanda and, and to the, the film as a whole. You know, with, with the Dormelage being, th- there's almost kind of a, almost like a Green Lantern aspect of kind of this, this hmm. uh, uh, supernatural, not supernatural, but uh, like superheroic guardian, uh, right. you know, this, this elite squad. Um, and, and so, and I, I make the comparison to Green Lantern because 
the concept of the Dora Milaje seems as far removed from what we know is reality and what the norm is that it might as well be the Green Lantern Corps, this hmm. core of alien, you know, space alien, uh, uh, ring infused, uh, 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 galactic, right? You know what I mean? Like, like, so I see what you're saying for sure. I thought that they may utilize the Dora Milaje to be more the way that the war dogs. Uh, are used ah, both in the huh. comics and and mm. in and and in the movie. So you didn't expect them to be a ceremonial? No, I, I I thought that they, especially because we first saw them outside of Wakanda, admittedly with T'Challa. I thought that that was the idea is that they were going to actually have a little bit more of a vaster role, uh, in in Wakanda and in in, in the way that it deals with the world, let's say, which was not the case. And so they, right. they kept a little bit more true or very, very true to, very true to, the, to the comic book origins, which is great. So did yeah. it live up to your, your expectations? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that the, um, you know, the ceremonial garb, I mean, it's, it's like they walked directly off the page. What about wow. you, Aaron? Did you, once you saw them, you didn't know, you kind of got some hints from the trailers uh-huh. and then you see these beautiful women who are warriors what is your first thought? What your second thought? Dude, look, I was, <laughs> I was amazed, yeah. man. I, you know, and the way the dignity, the way they yeah. walked. First of all, it's like it's like it's the way they 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 teach us drill. For instance, like in the Marines, so military man, you know, so like you you know, shoulders back, you right. know, it's just this this authoritative, just confident, just presence that they had. But then there is also this skill. That mm-hmm. is like, you know, like, like unparalleled, you know, and, um, and then not just skill for the sake of skill, but with this very specific duty to guard and, and to that, that, right. that his, that he, that, that T'Challa entrust his personal safety mm-hmm. to, to this guard, right? Um, uh, if that's, if that's accurate, right. I mean, they're right, basically absolutely. like, you know, and so in my mind, I'm thinking Secret man, this service, is, to see these, to see these strong, beautiful black women as, as warriors. And I'm thinking like, man, this is up there with like, you know, this is like, these are like, this is like the secret service, man. You know, like the mystique yes. that's around right. in the secret service. Yes. It's like, you know, man, it was it just blew me away. You know, it's interesting because they they command a level of authority that is almost akin to T'Challa because they exist to both protect him and kind of, you know, enact uh, on, on his and Wakanda's behalf. I think specifically of uh, when they... When they land uh, at the very at the very introductory scene, um, where they're actually pulling uh, Nikoya or um, Nikia, Nikia yeah. out out of the uh, um, uh, her mission that she's in, and Nikoya actually goes up and she's like, "You will tell no one of this." And like, she, there's this intense moment, yes. and like, these ladies have never seen this woman in their life, yeah. but the authority that she's commanding at that moment is very clear, hmm. followed by this comforting like smile, which kind of tells you like like just that she's connecting on this emotional level, but it doesn't negate what she just said or the way that she just said it. We have to talk about Okoye before we get into the origin of the Dora Milaje because her portrayal, Denai Guerrero's portrayal of this powerful, awesome general was one of the highlights of the film. I know we keep saying that about everything, but it was one of the (laughs) highlights of the film because it was so layered and it was strong and it was principled and it was caring, mm-hmm. it was fierce, and you know she's not someone to be messed with. That's right. But at the same time, she had this commanding presence to where she at one point 
challenges T'Challa. And T'Challa has to basically put her in her place. As I know my duties as a king. But in reality, it's like, yeah, you know, we kind of side with her. You know what yeah, I mean? Right. You know what I love we about that scene, her. though, Tyler? You know what I love about that scene? He addresses her as general. Right. 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 I thought that was very yes. profound. Yes. So even at a point of disagreement, he didn't just kind of like do like a, 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 a positional power play yes. right. with her. Like, I mean, to for him to still, I loved it whenever they addressed her as general. That was hmm. so cool. You know, and so anyway, keep going. But no, I thought that I, was very profound. Absolutely. It was, it was, I believe her character embodied so much that seeing her in in the infinity war trailer and seeing her run with all the avengers mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's kind of like oh okay just this random dormelage and then no it's like no this is the general like like yes. she is the warrior of wakanda wow and, and it's amazing to think about because the history of the dormelage is fairly recent so in the late 90s christopher priest introduces the concept and side note, I love Christopher Priest's run. It's my favorite run of Black Panther. Mm. No disrespect to Reginald Hudlin. No disrespect to ta Coates or any of the other great writers who have written. But Christopher Priest's run, precisely because of what he introduces with the Dormelage, it adds so much layers, so many layers and so much texture to the story. And so the idea and the history is that Wakanda's tribes would send in some of their best young girls and they would basically train to be the king's bodyguard and also the king's wife as well. One of them would be chosen to be the king's wife of a single uh, Black Panther king. And so because they didn't know which one was going to be chosen, they all had to be trained (laughs) to be lethal assassins. Now T'Challa, to ease kind of some of these tribal tensions that were going on, T'Challa brings back the door Malaje. But it's interesting because he doesn't really intend to marry any of them. No, he marries outside of Wakanda. Maybe that's another episode. Yeah. (laughs) And especially who was dating, courting, and kind of the options that he had. It was very strange. Actually, that singular fact turns Nakia into malice Uh, and turns her into the villain. We'll we'll Um, get there one day, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, we'll get there one day, maybe season two or something. But it's very fascinating to kind of see the ways in which T'Challa was able to bring it back and kind of remove the romantic element, Hmm. um, which in some ways is wise because you don't want the people who are protecting you to feel slighted because you picked uh, one of their, their comrades or their peers. And in another way, it's very interesting because he's kind of separating from the Wakandan tradition. He's bringing it back, but taking out what he wants. Yeah. Um, And so, Priest introduced them, and I think it's one of the they're one of the best parts of the Marvel Comics universe. Yeah, absolutely. Although I I will say that I I like I like how, and I mean this kind of goes true universally. There's not very many creative licenses that the film took that I don't really love, even love Mm -hmm. more than you know the the source material. I I can't think of anything actually that comes to mind at the moment. but and this is this is another way, right? They took what was kind of a a uh, uh, even even though it is new uh, something from the comics, a concept from the comics, and they pulled it off the paper, put it into real life, but also gave it very much more of a. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure how I feel about the you know the the whole Dora Milaje being groomed to be the queen uh, aspect it's of very of strange. That. Yeah, very very. Yeah. Uh, 
even for even for the nineties. That's yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, but I mean that is the history, and right. that is the history of it. So I think to track the history is oh, absolutely, fine. absolutely. To kind of continue to play that up is problematic. Oh, there you go. There you go. Concubines and that whole idea. Yeah, very, exactly. very backwards and, and regressive. Therein lies, I think, and we, we kind of touched on this with Mbaku, but therein lies a bit of the challenge of, of bringing uh, what what are kind of problematic aspects, and this is true universally in comics, but but especially when uh, you've got characters that date back far beyond the Dormelage, you're going to end up having a lot of different aspects that you kind of have to get, get, get a little surgical in. But the Dormelage of the screen, oh man. Awesome. So, so let's talk about yeah. some of our favorite scenes with them. You mentioned one when they kind of, when T'Challa came out, or actually, I think that was you, Bo. You mentioned just this whole idea of, of T'Challa coming off the um, the 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 spacecraft and getting Nakia out of that mission and seeing Okoye and being very regal, and then we see. Okoye kind of commanding. It, it's hilarious because she's kind of smiling at the time when she she signals them and he's like are you done and she's like ah. and then she hits that she hits yeah. the spear twice and then they immediately turn nobody else is smiling she, it's like whoa and i remember i was actually sitting next to my wife and in the first time we saw the film and she audibly reacted to that she was like huh. wow because <laughs> it was the way in which the general commanded respect from from the people who are part of the Dora Milaje and how they moved as one. Yeah. And then that awesome scene, and then I'll kick it to you guys, where they're facing off against Killmonger and she taps twice again and they hop in formation. Identically. I've watched it back a thousand times, <laughs> the gif. They're all identical and they move just at the same time is it was just crazy to me to see that because I was like, wow. I mean, this is one of the most impressive things in a superhero film I've ever seen to see them kind of together and the representation. What were some other scenes that you guys saw? I just want to piggyback off of the, the fight scene with Killmonger because, you know, as again, as a military guy, as a martial artist, one of the things that's so intriguing about the Dora Milaje is that they are the elite of the elite, right? Right. And and the reason why I bring that up is because when when you have elite military personnel, they're so highly trained that when one of them dies, mm. or if more than one, it's like a surprise mm, because yes. you're, you're so highly trained and you're so well versed in your art to, that, yeah, that, that, that death, yeah, yeah, like death is not an expectation. Like we don't, yeah, that means something went wrong if, if you, you know, that kind of mentality. And so in that scene where one of the Dora Milaje is lost, it was so jarring to me because when I saw them, that's the only thing that I could compare them to from my own life experience. They are uh, they are uh, an elite force. And so it was so jarring to see one of them lost in battle mm. because you're thinking, wait a minute, that's not supposed to happen. Right. But yet even then, there was such honor and such fortitude yes. um Wakanda forever Wakanda hmm. forever mm. man it was like I don't know it, it was so that part again just you know f- from someone that has a military background and and just through different aspects of training and things like that I was like whoa that's amazing yeah you know very and, and to see death. very yeah. meaningful and we don't even know her name we don't yeah. know that particular character yeah name honorable not wasted just just the well maybe bo does yeah maybe bo does <laughs> bo's like ah. 
actually uh, her name. And and so where where others and and then I'll say this too. So you're facing Killmonger. Yeah. You're facing the 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 person that bested your king right in combat mm-hmm. and yet they do it without hesitation mm-hmm. oh yeah it's without hesitation it's coordinated it's it's like um that man, was crazy that it first was, move where she jumps on gracious, her back man. and jumps woo yeah I'll, I'll i'll throw it to you bill that but for man. me that was it was that scene no it's, I, all right so when they're actually in the uh, in the club in the in the um casino Yes. And she's up on the first of all, that shot, by the way, is incredible when they actually pan from uh, the top the, down. Well, yeah. actually, they go down top, if I'm not mistaken, where. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where Absolutely. He's, I, I think actually it's uh, Nikia. She's fighting and then it goes up and then the rail blows out with her knocking somebody yeah. over and she is twirling the uh, uh, the spear around and everything and she's got all of these people around her. And she's taking it no problem. No, absolutely no problems. And so like she, yeah, that that scene in particular, that was also a, a very uniquely gorgeous scene because it took place in the quote real world, right? Like that, right, that right. was a fight in, uh, even though, you know, it was in, it was in Korea, like it felt very familiar and so, like to see the characters that later on we would go see wearing more traditional garb to be to, to be wearing more superheroic garb um, in kind of uh, uh, civilian clothes, let's say, like like in disguise, <laughs> right. yeah, you know? yeah, that was great. The the moment she grabs the wig and throws it at the dude, yeah, the iconic moment, brilliant, yeah, an iconic moment, brilliant, yes. and, and and when you think about the way in which it, it wasn't just a neutralization, and this is where I think it connects to. History, because in historically there was, I believe, it was the the country of Benin in Africa. There were the Dahomey women, and the Dahomey women were the Amazonians, hmm. and so the the historic uh, Amazonians. Yes, and yeah. so people believe that the Amazonians of um, the Dahomeys were actually the inspiration for the Dormelage, and so they wow. actually were suppressed in, right before the turn of the century, right before the 1900s, and so as we we see kind of these connections to the brutality and the 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 way in which they inspired fear in their enemies hmm. they were actually known for beheading their enemies when they were fighting them like they would they were on the battlefield and they would always behead the people who they were fighting hmm. against and defeating and so when you see that it was a level of of fierce that she took with claws people that was it was it was a completely different level than what we had seen before hmm. and it it was almost like she can take it there in a way that I don't even think T'Challa was at the time because he was just flipping guys he was fighting them mm-hmm. but it was the way in which she used the spear which is made of vibranium right the way in which she used the spear to really send a message to her enemies that was like you should fear us can we just give deny props though real quick mm-hmm. the coordination And the discipline, like the way that she carried out those moves, like being a big fan of martial arts movies and epic fight scenes. I can tell when like uh, the, 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 the actors in the fight scenes are slowing down or telegraphing, like, you know, you could, you could see that where there are kind of some breakdowns in that. Mm -hmm. This was like, this was martial arts ballet, man. When she was up on that balcony, I mean, just the coordination, her movements, they were crisp. They were technical. That was a phenomenal scene. Yeah, that's really impressive. And so as we think about the Dora Milaje, there's also another group within the Dora Milaje, which is we're we're talking about how impressive they are, <laughs> you know, 
at the Midnight Angels. Bo, I would love to hear you talk about them because that's an e- that's a different group. It's taking it to another level. Yes, yeah, so the Midnight Angels are not necessarily uh, within the Dora Milaje. They are, and and I could be incorrect on this. And I know okay. this is kind of a you know you talk about Dora Milaje being a recent concept. The Midnight Angels are even more recent concept. Absolutely. Um, but these are actually uh, former Dora Milaje. Okay. Uh, the Midnight Angels are are essentially superheroes within Wakanda. They they mm. kind of uh, are, are vigilantes, uh, uh, you know, enacting justice amongst the streets. Where the uh, the gosh, what what would be the police force of Wakanda? <laughs> I don't think you really need one, bro. Like, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Well, like, I guess that's where I guess that's where the Midnight Angels come in. Yeah, like what would be? Uh, do tribes police themselves? Like, I think that's that would be interesting. There's to, the to yeah, you got the border tribe, the merchant tribe, the river, maybe the river tribe. Let's just yeah. say the let's just say the river tribe. Okay, <laughs> I have no idea, but yeah. And so these, I so these these were uh, two two women that actually they were Dormelage. They were actually in a relationship with one another, yeah. uh, and due to events, they ended up being convicted of a crime and having to actually break away, break out of prison, and then still wanting to pursue justice right. in their own way became the Midnight Angels. So Io and Anika are portrayed in Tanahasi Coates' run. A Nation Under Our Feet. And it's very fascinating to hear um, and to see the ways in which they're critical of T'Challa and they're critical of authority, especially considering how much they love their country. So they Mm -hmm. love Wakanda. They love the people. And there's one scene, I believe it's in issue two, where they're stopping and a sexual assault. So Mm -hmm. a group of men are about to take advantage of some Wakandan women and they're about to rape them and sexually assault them. And they use the term saving as like a substitute for like that sexual assault. And then Io or Nika, I forget which one comes in and says, how are you going to save them when you can't save yourself? And she just like disarms them super quickly, you know? And, and it's crazy to see that the way the women looked up to them, I think is a microcosm of how black women and young black women in particular look up to Vidor Milaje as a concept of, wow, this is, this is so empowering for us. And, and you inspire us to be, to be more than what, than where we are, to not settle for where society would place us. So, so Ayo or Ayo, Ayo, I, I feel like Ayo is too hip hop. So I'll just say Ayo. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Ayo. Uh, <laughs> Ayo, Ayo, Ayo. So as, too, as a prevalent hip-hop. member of the Dora Milaje, and of course going on to be a member or, or you know, one of she the, was a captain the at one point, Midnight I Angels. she was a captain at one point and, and, you know, to, to kind of give a little course correction from earlier, she was actually uh, the Dora Milaje that was in the uh, the Civil War, same actress that, oh. that portrayed her here as well. Huh. Um, so yeah, so they. Uh, but anyway, so there was some pushback on the way that her character was portrayed in the movie because sure. they did not really, you know, lean into her sexuality, which of course was kind of a big defining aspect mm-hmm. of her character from the comics. Uh, you know, especially with her and and uh, her lover going on to be the Midnight Angels. Right. You know, so. Uh, what do you guys think? I mean, like, like, is that, was that a wasted opportunity to uh, dive into this character to, to further uh, diversity in the black Panther? You know, I think it's very interesting because, you know, Aaron hasn't seen it yet because I don't know why, but he hasn't seen wonder woman yet. Um, And so as we think about, hang on, hang on, hang on, Aaron, do you hate women? No. <laughs> Let me say that again. Your girls, no. your girls are watching. Yeah. Your ladies are listening for sure. 
So, I mean, as we think about Wonder Woman, there's, there's, I think, elements of kind of an ambiguous nature of Themyscira to where Gal Gadot very, you know, openly says that, yes, Wonder Woman would be either bisexual or lesbian. You know, there would be some sort of sexual, because there would be no men around, right? So there would be no idea of, you know, obviously, I don't, and I don't know how reproduction goes and things of that nature, but that there would be On women. Themyscira? Yeah, and which is, we can get into that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the history of the comics, not getting into that, but the history of the comics. And so, you know, and so as as we think about that, it's 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 kind of an interesting juxtaposition because there wasn't really like, I didn't see an, uh, necessarily an open lesbian relationship, open gay relationship within Themyscira. And it's weird to kind of see that people have, have kind of expected that interesting. of Black Panther. But I do agree that if you're going to portray that that character, it makes sense that if someone is is deciding to erase the LGBTQ connection, when that's central to the character's arc, hmm. that that's a curious decision. Now, I also completely say that hey, they have room and space to to build the arc. So that's what that's what I was going to bring up. Do you yeah. think that there's to room build to it develop that? in part two or what have you? But it would be an unfortunate retcon to remove that if that's central to how the writers have thought of, of that character. That would uh, raise some some clickbait articles right there. <laughs> well, I mean, it has it, it even has in, in some ways already because mm. people have questioned, well, why did you, it, was this a plan and then was it erased? Was it not seen as something that they could fit into the time frame? Was it cut? Well, what were these decisions? And so I think because of Black Panther being such a groundbreaking film, right. there's that pressure to kind of fit everything into one story. Be all thanks to everyone. But it must be said that this is, if it's removed, it is erasure from the, the character. If I'm not mistaken, and I could be wrong here, but I think there there has been talks of a deleted scene in which that is not yeah. towards. And I mean, like, you know, all right, so on a, on a much larger scale. So, so The Last Jedi... Uh, the movie right. just came out. Like there was a lot of flack in that. Well, there's a lot of flack for a lot of different reasons about that film. One of which is we were presented with this character of Snoke, and we were thought we were going to get his backstory, and then we never got it. But the reality yeah, right, is, right. if they had taken the time to tell his backstory, it wouldn't have necessarily gone with kind of the flow of the film. Like there was kind of a story that was being told, and surprisingly, he was not really part of that story. More so, he was just kind of a tool for the story to move along, as opposed to it really being about him and. Uh, kind of diving into who this character even was. You, you know, to, to I don't mean to interrupt you, but I'm trying to think, are there any LGBTQ characters in the MCU? In the MCU? Openly, that we know about? I'm not talking about in... You're in, talking about the movies. In the movies, yeah. Just in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Are there any that we know about? Well, some people say that Bucky and Cap would make a cute couple. No, I know people have people have made that intimation <laughs> right, right, that right. there's... that there's romantic, you know, angle, but there's a romantic angle between them. But I... I don't re- remember I don't any. Now that you say any. it, I and so it's it's like wow. Well, this is really interesting, you know, to think about. Was Disney putting the brakes on because they say, man, this is maybe a little too barrier breaking, <laughs> you know? Interesting. Are, are they are yeah, they yeah. trying to preserve their investment, you know? Because it, especially if there's a, a deleted scene, that's a question that they would definitely be thinking about hmm. and appealing to a particular audience. Um, of African Americans who will, you know, likely be more conservative than than most. Um, so it's it's kind of an unfortunate thing, but it's very interesting to to kind of, 
you know, mm. think about the ways in which that doesn't exist within the MCU currently. Let me ask you something. What is the extent of the Dora Milaje in the comics? Like, like, is it a, a select group of 12? Is it like five? Is it 20? Is it a hundred? Like what, what, like, you know, if this is, I don't is, think we know. Cause that's the thing. So I thought I kind of went into this thinking that they were more of an army as opposed to kind of elite guard. And it got a little questionable at times. Cause at, at some point it looked like it was more of an elite guard, but near the end, they looked like a, you know, a whole army, albeit kind of a smaller mm, army, yeah. but still. I think they're more of a battalion. Okay. I, I wouldn't yeah. consider them to be an army by any stretch. But I also wouldn't consider them to be five or six or even 12. I think they'd be more of like a battalion of warriors. And so that raises some interesting questions about their extent because we it's really ambiguous. And much of what we know about Black Panther is open to interpretation. And so you can really play with some things based upon what the comics have given you. And I think based upon the fact that people don't even the even the biggest fans of Black Panther who have read Priest, who have read Hudlin, who have read Coates, I don't think they're going to make too much of a hay hmm. if there's an adjustment in the MCU moving forward to expand the Dora Milaje. I, I don't yeah. think there would be that big of a, a of a pushback. I think there should be, right? Like, all right, so, so it hmm. would not necessarily make too much sense for Wakanda in its previous state to have a large, massive army. Um well, I'm not saying there should be an army, well, but maybe let's say it's 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 more than a battalion. Right, maybe right. it's multiple battalions. Hear me out on this though. So so I'm going to make another Star Wars reference, right? right here we go. So <laughs> we got the Jedi Knights of the Old Republic, right? Mm-hmm. Like that served a very specific po- uh, purpose. Now, what that was is based off of uh, a lot of different, uh, uh, you know, what was in the movie or what wasn't in the movie. But one way or the other, they were not an army. However circumstances changed or were changed for them so that they then had to become an army. Yeah. I would be curious to know Hmm. as Wakanda gets more exposed to the world and the world gets more exposed to Wakanda. If all of a sudden T'Challa is going to find himself in need of an expanded army. And if that's the case, the Dormelage going out and actually, you know, training new recruits and actually expanding that. And even that question, you know, in terms of, you know, okay, wait, now we're building up this army. Now we're you know, like, what, 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 what's going on here? That could open up so many great stories. Wow. The other thing too is, and this kind of goes back to something from earlier. Um, you know, they call her general, right? So, uh, I, I mentioned in an earlier episode that, uh, you know, I've, I've got daughters. I remember playing, uh, playing with my kids. We, we, we love, um, playing pirates. And, uh, and I called, I remember, um, about a year ago I was playing with my daughter and I called her captain, like, Oh, you're the captain of the ship. And we're playing, we're having a good time. And then all of a sudden she stops and she said, daddy, girls can't be captain. Wow. Uh, and I thought, wait, what? And I, I'm just, all of a sudden I just feel like I failed here because I'm, I'm, you know, uh, despite what was talked about earlier with princesses, we, we're, we're kind of anti-princess in our house. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, we've got, we, we've got, we've got the Wonder Woman and the Batgirl and the Storm and we've got all of the, the action figures and, and, you know, the Doc McStuffins, her mom is a doctor. Like, like we're, hmm. we're very hmm. much trying yeah. to, you know, build up these girls and, and make them realize that, you know, you, you, you are set up ladies. You, you can do whatever it is you want to do. And to hear that, because I know she didn't get that from us. Mm-hmm. there's just so much culturally that's communicated to these young women yeah. that when you get a, a powerhouse, a force like the door Milaje, uh, and, and as well as Shuri, other, other characters, other Nakia, heroes that we yeah. see Nakia. Um, but, but specifically the door Milaje, there's something about that kind of organized acceptance of this structure that exists, uh, that I think is so powerful. And, and it, 
when they called her a general, it reminded me of that conversation with my daughter. Because in Wakanda, it's normal. Exactly. That's what that's that was one of the you know the impressions yeah, made on course. me that that this elite force, these these amazing, brilliant, empowered women, and not just the Dora Milaje, but we we talked at length, you know, about Shuri, and just to see that it was like no one was surprised. Yeah. Right. You know, there were there was no, you know, like no, hey, this that's just how we roll here. This is this is this is a part. Yeah. This is a part of everyday uh, uh, culture and, and you know the the, the lifestyle of, of Wakanda. That was that was pretty cool. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, male male privilege is systemic, you know, and I mean, it doesn't. It's going to take a systemic shift, and I think what we see sometimes is we think of the films. And I think people overestimate what they consider to be progress within the context of American culture. Hmm. So we see, oh, we we elected our first African-American president. And so because of that, we've made a huge leap in race relations. Or we see a Black Panther as someone foolishly said, oh, well, this racist country is going to give $200 million on an opening weekend to a Black Panther movie. And we take these little exceptions to the rule. We take these little exceptional um, situations and we tend to say, oh, well, you know, this is no, see, this is proof. This is proof that the problem isn't that bad. When in reality, it's far worse and more insidious than what we think. Our organization is very diverse. See this picture with Carl and this other picture with Carl and look over there. uh, (laughs) Right, exactly. It's Carl. Exactly. And so you see those types of things and you're like, man, how are we elevating and highlighting these exceptions? And so then there's this idea and mentality and movement that men are being suppressed and, and men aren't being spoken to. And there's reverse discrimination and reverse racism and all these different things that come from the idea that because I feel a certain way about one piece of art or about one position or about a singular athlete or about a singular celebrity, that thus I now am being oppressed when we have no idea what that looks like systemically. And so I think as men, it's been very interesting, even as a black man, to kind of go through this idea of of pressing people on the idea of of white supremacy and pressing people on the importance of a Black Panther film with an over 90% African or African-American cast. And yet at the same time, having to confront my own manhood my complicity in male privilege and my mm. complicity in the ways yeah. of of making daughters like yours feel as though oh a a, a woman can't be a captain yeah. and in many ways we're all complicit in that and we're all You're participatory right. in that and so the Dora Milaje can causes us to confront those things in and also Shuri and also Nakia and also Queen Ramonda they cause us to confront mm. those things in very uncomfortable ways for us. And I think it's easy in the context of a Black Panther film, because this is something that I appreciate and enjoy. Harder in real life. <laughs> yeah. Harder when you're, when you're, when you're um, the person who answers to the authority figure who is mm-hmm. now a woman and you feel as though, oh, well, I think we can do it a little bit better. Or, or why are you doing it this way? Or Wakabi mansplaining to his woman in the throne room, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, well, that's what we did in the past. But, you know, I think we can do this. <laughs> you know, uh, and so it's just like, man, well, how and in what way? Even had his we, hand up and like. Yeah, yeah. he's like. That yeah. is what we did in the past. Yeah, that's what we did in the past. But, you know, stay in your place. You know, just <laughs> yeah. do what he says. Like just building that, like like physically holding the bear. There was a lot going on, by the way, between those two characters. Fascinating, Like right? Like the visual aspect, you know, like it, it was a literal battle of the sexes 
that you saw displayed mm-hmm. in that fight sequence, right? And but like, what should be noted is that the men needed rhinos to, to face up, right? To Vidor Milaje yes. because he well, had to call the rhinos because he knew, getting, and I mean T'Challa served. was there too, but they were getting served and they needed some backup. And and in further that, even earlier in the film, T'Challa is going around jumping on cars wearing a full vibranium suit. She just had a spear. Can we talk about that, bro? Yeah. That is one of the most iconic scenes. Mm. She is on top on the hood of a car with a red dress, bright yes. red, kneeling down. And and at the point where the car breaks apart and explodes, <laughs> she grabs the spear and lands on the... Yo, what? I held my breath. <laughs> Again, I didn't know what was going to happen. So I'm like, I mean, really? are we getting ready to lose this character right now? I mean, she's been amazing up until this point. Uh, and then the way she grabbed the spear midair and then made that wow. perfect 10 landing Boom. on what the car door <laughs> you, you know what i'm saying Man, just coming the, the come into this something coming to this like you know just kind of picturesque finish and and, and stop <laughs> it was yeah yeah the impact reminded me a lot of uh in the dark night when uh the joker's truck makes like a complete up in the air flipping on but and it's a it's such a simple concept yes, of just that flip flip yes. over and land but there is something about the reality of gravity that everybody can relate to. And so when she's doing that in such this perfect way, grabbing the spear and landing, yeah. and sticking that landing so perfectly and sliding down, of course, you do get your funny Marvel moment at the end. Of, of course. Yeah, that, yes. I think that was appropriate humor. Oh, absolutely. I think yeah, that yeah, was yeah. appropriate humor. I but. don't have a problem with Marvel humor, but that's a whole nother discussion. Oh, no. Here we go. <laughs> so as we move forward with the Dormelage, I need a series. I need... Amazon Prime, Netflix, I need something. And we and and it's really referenced as one of um one of the young women who was at our past the mic meetup at in Pensacola when we saw it with a, a big group of people, she references the world of Wakanda. And that series where she says the women are the backbone, the Dormelage are the backbone of the society. And so as you think about that, man, I would love to see the complexities because there's so much that's left up to interpretation, especially the the way they feel about each other and the inner workings. You saw kind of the affection as one of them dies, as one of them is brutally right, right. killed mm-hmm. with a smile. Like Killmonger executes her with a smile, which is insidious. But at the same time, you see the ways in which they were looking at her yeah. and, and kind of almost clutching their spears in a way that honored her honored her sacrifice you see that you see the ways that they interact with each other the power struggle because you know there's a power struggle there how hard it is to get in rejected door melage um we need that we series. need, we that, need series. that series i'm just saying we need that series yeah, man absolutely i would be i'd be shocked if we did not see that coming to netflix a netflix near you the world of wakanda uh just because there's so much that 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 even the comic book did not get a chance to explore. Right. Um, it couldn't. It didn't find its audience, so to speak. Uh, it did, but it, it wasn't the audience that Marvel wanted at the time. I think now they can justify that in a much larger way. Um, now I, I got a question though, because you okay. talk about the the challenges that that exist for the Dora Milaje, and I'm especially uh, uh, for uh, curious from our our host with uh, some service behind him. Uh, so Uh-oh. in this uh, in this. Uh, movie, we see a huge power change, uh, political power change in Wakanda. The Dormelage are are sworn to serve the throne regardless of who's in it. That was like when Killmonger mm. kills or, or presumably kills T'Challa. 
you look, they, they pan to Okoye. And I mean, she was just, she was just stone. But at the same time, you just saw it in her eyes. Like she was standing strong in her position. That Mm -hmm. lip quiver. Ooh, man. So, and then we, of course we get the, the exchange later on kind of diving deep into this. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious, you know, as, as someone who's got some military experience, um, hmm, that's such a great question. You know, what, what, what do you like? What is it like? Okoye or, or Nakia, bro? Yeah. Okoye or Nakia? <laughs> well, I don't want to put, I don't want to put Aaron on the spot. I'm just saying. Nah, that, like, you, you got to answer the question, bro. <laughs> and, and then, and then, and then let's just be honest. I mean, there's a cultural relevance to oh, this, of course, to this man. question. This is a very you relevant know, question. Very, very relevant. Serve right? your country or save your country. You know, and so she, when I think it was Shuri asked, was it Shuri or was it Nakia? One of Nakia. them asked, "What is there anything we can do?" Well, I actually think. Wow, I think that was one of the Dora Milaje, was it? Oh, I think it was I just think one it of was. the, the yeah. Dora Milaje. So, is there anything we can do during the actual trial? During, right, you know, when yeah. when it when it was when it became painfully clear mm-hmm. that, that uh, you know washed. that T'Challa's demise was inevitable, and so, man, and and she she adhering to. I think honoring the office, you know, and, but, but watch, but watch this though. In that moment, (laughs) watch this. Okay. Honoring the office, right? But in a way, playing, playing a longer game. So, so her devotion to Wakanda superseded her devotion and whatever respect or affection she had for T'Challa. And Wakabi, as we see later And Wakabi. Yeah. And so we see that her her devotion to Wakanda kind of put her in some, some spots to where she had to make multiple sacrifices. Hmm. The loss of, uh, you know, a king hmm. that she respected and admired, and also the loss of a relationship you know, and, and so, and the reason why I bring that up is because she did that. She did that because maybe she recognized that her place, her maintaining her post. See, if she would have broken that line, then she would not have been able to come back from that. Hmm. Right. And so her maintaining her post was for the good of Wakanda, hmm. as we saw played out later on. Right. And so, yeah, I think when she saw T'Challa, it gave her that that was the next that was the nudge. That was the last straw because she knew that someone I don't know. It's it's something about it's one thing. It's one thing to oust a king, yeah. but it's another thing to oust, oust the king, create a vacuum. Right. right but right, if you right. oust the king and you have a successor, if you oust yeah. the king, you have an you back another horse. Yeah. Like that's different. Does that make sense, though, Bo? Yeah, yeah. Uh, All right. Well, so here's here's and, the thing, and I want to make sure I'm answering your question too. Yeah, I think so. I mean, so and actually, I you're exactly right. And I hadn't really, I, I wasn't thinking through that that uh, scope. And it, but certainly, she was, as she echoed several times over. She she serves Wakanda, and in so in so in serving the throne, she is then serving Wakanda. And to some extent, if you know the rules and traditions that are set up, if we just abandon those because we don't like what the current situation is, then we risk Wakanda, the very kind of fabric of the society that we have that's holding everything together. Now, here's the thing, though, when the person sitting on that throne challenges that society challenges, uh, you know, the Mm. very thing that you're trying to protect doesn't that put her in a position where she should stand in opposition? And 
Let's see. I got to be careful how I say this. Because right? I mean, I, I get this. Because she doesn't know that he. I mean, I know we have a difference of opinion on this, and, and we'll talk about this in a future episode. But I mean, she doesn't know that he torched. Uh, you know, the the heart shaped yeah, herb symbolically yeah. torching. You know, the line I, of secession. She probably does. I think she. You think does. you think she does? I think she does. Yeah. Absolutely. Really? I think that would be a huge, I don't think that would be something you could hide. Yeah. But yeah, all right. So this is the way I see it. So, so you have, you, you have, uh, you know, Killmonger coming in completely disrupting the way that things have been done in the past. He's, he's doing away with tradition. He's doing away with public discourse. You know, he's, he's brash, he's wiping out and everybody's like, this isn't normal. This is, this is different. Like, and so, you know, you almost wonder if she's like trying to rationalize this, like say, say she knows about the heart shaped herb, but she's thinking like, okay, so this is the era in which the King of Wakanda to declare that there would be no future Black Panther ruling. Hmm. What, like, you know, is, is she constantly trying to rationalize? At what point do you stop trying to rationalize the craziness that is leading your country yeah. and just say somebody's got to step up you and do what? something? I about think this. the breaking point I'm talking point about is, a movie, guys. Yeah. That's it. I'm not trying to talk <laughs> yeah. about anything else. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, we're just talking of about course. a movie right now. That's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. When the king, <laughs> when the king elevates himself above the good of the people. Mm. When the king begins to enact policies and and take a trajectory that will ultimately lead to the ruin of Wakanda, then even as you honor the office, you have to break ranks at that mm. point. Like you can't go down with that ship because again, your commitment wasn't made to a man. Mm. Your commitment was made to the people That's that you wrong. serve, yeah. to to to, mm. to to the nation as a whole, mm. and so there there is a point to where enemies, th- all enemies, foreign and yeah, domestic, yeah, right, right. There's some mm. tension. There's definitely some tension, but then there does come a point where um, I use a, I use an example historically, right? There was an attempt made on Adolf Hitler's life that did not come from without Germany, but came from within. Right, yeah, absolutely, because. As, as some of those military leaders begin to look, they begin to recognize, okay, this is, this is going to kill us. This is ruining our nation. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is not for the good of Germany. This is not serving a greater good. This is feeding into a greater evil. This is unjust. Mm-hmm. And they reached a breaking point that they actually tried to take Hitler out. Right. All right. They 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 reached that breaking point, right, and it was right. and it was and their reason for that was it, it had to do with that. So anyway, I think that that, that that's tension good. that served that whenever you have these despotic figures that have that have risen up throughout human history, that initially they speak in a way to gain the support of the populace, like we have your support, we're going to empower you. But in reality, that is a veneer um, that that mass a very self serving. Uh, uh, very selfish ambition that in the end doesn't serve the people; mm. it just serves the person in office. That's that's fascinating. Yeah, that's that's really good. I think the reason why did we walked that one right. Did we do that one right? <laughs> no, I think that's really fascinating. But I think really the reason why Okoye didn't revolt on Killmonger was because T'Challa made a tactical error. That's just he shouldn't have accepted the challenge. Point blank, period. He should not have done it. And and T'Challa oh. is challenged by Killmonger. He accepts the challenge without knowing who he's dealing with and gets himself in trouble that they have to clean up. But, so she wouldn't have had any rights to do that at that point, because then the door Malaje could have been disbanded. Who knows what could have happened? Because at that point, he was defeated in 
ritual combat that he accepted. Yeah. The rules that he got, he got power Which was based a rash upon decision. following the rules. And his mother said, don't accept this. And he's like, I accept your challenge. I don't know what he was trying to prove in that moment. I don't know what he felt. I don't know if he felt that people were going to turn on him if he refused to accept the challenge. But he had an option in that moment and he decided to take the challenge. And so we can't you can't expect the black woman to come in and clean up when you didn't take care of your business. I'm just saying See, I'm only if, talking if, about if, the film. I'm only taking, talking about the movie. If you're taking an over if, if you kind of take a, a overly idealistic approach to T'Challa's character as if he could do no wrong. Maybe someone would say, well, um, he made that decision because he recognized a wrong that was done against, uh, you know, Killmonger. But I don't think that. I think he was in that his feelings. I think he was in I his feelings. In his feelings. Yes. And he had something to prove. Yes, something it to was prove. an ego play. When he nobody going to come in my throne. Yo, when he saw yeah. that ring around Killmonger's neck. Oh, yeah, I'm going to do this. You, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was. It was. No, you not, it bro. It was a rash effort. You're going to get washed. To prove yet again his superiority. Absolutely. It was pride, uh, man, and it came before the fall. <laughs> All right. I think it was foolish. Sorry. I think it was foolish. No, that, I mean, that's that's great. I mean, like, but here's my question, because this is, I think this is something that I totally went over my head. I was under the impression that he actually did not have a choice in that moment. That like for him, yeah. if he was to refuse, that actually would cause uh, dissension in a whole nother light. Because if I recall from and correct me from the comics, there might be some some basis mm-hmm. for this. Sure. But based on what they laid out, uh, you know, on challenge day, any of the tribes can challenge. But then if somebody of royal blood wants to challenge, they they too can. And so it was separated specifically for that. And so I thought because. Because in fact, didn't didn't the river tribe dude, or maybe it was the merchant tribe lady, but somebody said specifically, you know, oh, you know, he's royal blood, he he can do this. Like this is this he, is he is within his right. But here's yeah. the here's the difference. The difference was Killmonger makes a statement that proves that T'Challa was consumed with hubris. Killmonger says the entire nation doesn't have to be there, just him and someone to get me out of these chains. Now here's what T'Challa should have done. He should have accepted the challenge, but he should have put it off a few weeks because they said it's going to take us weeks to get the whole country together Mm. because that's what's supposed to happen. Then he could have set a plan in place just in case he was overthrown, just in case he lost, that protected his family, that protected Adora Milaje, and protected their traditions. He decided not to do that. He wanted to get it over with. That's good, yeah. And just in the same way, in the same way, he had the same mentality that Shuri did. And Shuri had this naive mentality. Oh, he's, he stands no chance against T'Challa. Oh, yeah, you know. And, and so when T'Challa gets that first slice in, you're like, oh, okay, we know how this is going to end. No, it's not. Right. He, overest- he underestimated his opponent. And so that's why I think T'Challa made a foolish decision. Yeah. He could have prote- set up a safeguard. Be wise. Say, yes, I'll accept your challenge, but I'm not going to flaunt our... He let someone come in and flaunt for tradition. He let someone use it and flaunt it at the same time. Yeah. I, I challenge you, but the whole country does. Yes, they do have to be there. You know, that whole scene, honestly, not to jump universes again, but that was, <laughs> that was, that was Bane and Batman on that bridge. Ah. Like you're thinking, oh, you think you're just going to shake yourself and, and come down here? You have no idea. There's been this obsession there has been this preparation. Like, I, look, you don't understand. I, it, like, for instance, 
Killmonger, you know, basically said like, I've, you have no idea. I've been preparing for this my whole life. Right, right. I don't need a few weeks. Like, like it was an obsession and he, it was grossly underestimated. So anyway, we're talking about Duramalaje, but I mean, but, <laughs> right. but it was, it was. You it was, barely adapted the doctor. You, you are so Brindery has defeated you. <laughs> you were, yeah, yeah. It was a tactical error. It was just a, it was just a. a and a, I think, a you know, he saw, error. he, he, if you make a calculation, I beat the best warrior in the kingdom other than myself in M'Baku. Uh, who's I mean this guy isn't better than Mbaku. <laughs> you know, I think once you make a once you make a someone doesn't he doesn't know the weapons, he doesn't know the terrain, but it was the rage and it was the passion that won out in the end in that battle. Um in the in the second battle he used a little bit more more ingenuity and smarts and kind of used the Wakandan tech against Killmonger to eventually disarm him and and win. Hmm. But the reality was Chala made a mistake, man. And so, as is the case, you know, the women had to come in and clean up yeah. <laughs> with a mistake that the dude made. I mean, it's typically the case. I'm just talking about the movie. You but know? the tension that she carried, even yeah. in her, in, in, in that, uh, as she witnessed the defeat of T'Challa. But then when um, uh, Nakia assumed that she would come with, mm-hmm. she was like, I'm not going anywhere. You know, and you can see that she wasn't, she wasn't, she wasn't wimping out. It wasn't that she was afraid. It was the principle. She was standing on principle in that moment, which ended up being a saving factor, you know, for everybody in the end. If she, if she had left with her in that moment, I don't think, I don't think they have, I mean, maybe they appoint a new general, maybe something else happens, maybe it all works out, but I see. Or maybe they would follow her. Yeah. But I, I just see a very... I see it being a different outcome. Yeah. yeah. And the way it, the way it turned out, I think was mainly T'Challa's fault. But it was a perfect storm. And Vidora Milaje, man, I'm just saying all these tensions and the tension of honor and how they're trained, that should be explored in a follow-up TV series. Yes. World of Wakanda coming to Netflix sometime. Somebody do it. 2020. We got to do it, man. So, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you guys for tuning in and we'll get it in again. Once Upon a Time in Wakanda. Once Upon a Time in Wakanda is brought to you by The Witness, a black Christian collective, and produced by Pottery Studios. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to check out the entire first season, now available at wakandapodcast.com. And keep the discussion going by following us on Twitter at Wakanda Podcast. This episode was brought to you in part by The Truce Podcast. The new season examines the connection between some evangelicals and the Republican Party with the help of world-class historians. Subscribe to Truce in your podcast app or listen at trucepodcast.com.